Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Shut up and sit down. about i don't i don't have a single i mean you know like i could talk about rough trade we've been doing that for weeks right leading up to rough trade we talked about rough trade and started doing it we talked about rough trade and i've completed two of my stories i did my stargate story first which um i feel like is missing something i don't know what it's missing um i guess i'll find out in beta i'm sure chris will let me know um and then I did my Harry Potter story uh, ten years after the war, and I'm really, really pleased with the way it came out, except for my ending, which I think is stupid. But people assure me that it's not stupid, but I always think my ending is stupid. And I'm kind of rambling. Um, I took a pain. I took some pain medication about five hours ago, so it's basically worn off. But I'm a little rambly right now, and so just. Bear with me. That's just how it's going to be. Um, I have some allergies going on. I do not have a cold, so you might hear some coughing. And um, I'm a little hoarse from it, and I've got a little uh, sniffle. It's just allergies because I was out with my dogs today, and my neighbor has a stupid dogwood tree. And um, um, it bloomed earlier in the year, and I thought it was done. But the weather's been so crazy, and it gets cool, and it gets hot. That damn tree's blooming again. It is the weirdest fucking tree I've ever encountered in my life. I want to kill it. I want to commit tree aside, or, or, or whatever you want to call that. I hate this tree. Um, so me and my dogs were out in the yard, and I was sneezing, and they were sneezing, and that stupid tree was just blowing blooms everywhere. Like, I don't got a fucking care in the world, and I guess it don't. I guess being a tree is a good life to have. I don't know. Um, again, You've been warned that I would be wandering around. Yeah. And, um, yes, Chris does often tell me to insert sex, but I think that I've already placed the sex for that first story um, from Blue to Green in the only place it could go. Um, so unless she wants me to do, a like, a, a flashback <laughs> of previous sex they had, that would be interesting. I could do a sex flashback. Um all flashbacks should be sex. Let's just make that a rule. All flashbacks should be sex. If you can't put sex in it, don't bother with it. Don't even bother. Don't even bother to do a flashback if you can't have sex in it. Um, so I'm working on my um, Criminal Minds one. It's called A Delicate Balance, and I plotted it 18 billion hundred times. And I, I can't even tell you how many different plots I've had for this particular fic. And I think it's because, really, even though I do have a little excerpt out for my Criminal Minds Ties That Bind, that this really is my first kind of um, official step into the Criminal Minds fandom, and I want it to be special. And um, I... 
don't know. Um, I made myself a little teary earlier in the day, so it is a little angsty. Um, I'm not sure that's a good introduction to fandom, but it is Criminal Minds, which is inherently dark and moody and angsty to begin with, so I guess it'll be okay. Um, I, uh, (laughs) I'll tell you a story about my mother. My mother, about a year and a half ago, got her big toenails removed um, because they were damaged and they were causing problems with her feet. And she has diabetes. You know, she has diabetes, and when you have diabetes, you have to take very special care of your feet. And so she had to have her toenails um, removed permanently. They're they're never going to grow back. Well, she's got this crazy pedicurist, and after her toenails healed. They tried various ways to make it less obvious she doesn't have a toenail there. And their first volley was to actually glue false nails on. That didn't work out. So lately, she sends me a text message today and says, oh, look, I got my feet done. And, yeah, you... you, you nailed it, Twisted, in the chat room. She just she just hit my punchline. This woman has painted my mother's toenails in a French manicure, and she painted the big toe, too. So there's a little white line on my mom's big toe where there, where there should be a nail, and there isn't one. And she's got a French manicure on her big toe, but she doesn't have a nail. It's just, it's just, I mean, from a distance, honestly, you can't tell there isn't a a, a toenail there. It's very weird. Very weird. And I was like, Mom, Mom, come on now. And she sent me a picture, exactly, exactly what I want on my phone, a picture of my mother's feet. I, really? No. I don't really want that at all, I promise. Um, but, yeah, and so, but the time before my mom got this glitter polish put on her toenails, and I'll be damned if she didn't have glitter polished all over that big toe as well. Now, granted, it washes off pretty pretty quickly, but it's just it's so crazy. It's so crazy, and it probably wouldn't be that obvious if it wasn't the big toe on both feet. I'm just saying. So that happened today, and I um. Yeah, we're not, no, gel polish, I'll put my foot down. She tries to bake that shit onto her foot. I'm not even sure what that would do. That would be bad. I don't even, my my nail salon has mood polish now. The the polish changes colors with heat, um, with your body heat, so it's kind of like mood polish. I wonder how that would work on her toes. <laughs> oh, God, I just amusing myself. That would be terrible. Oh. Mm. Mm-mm. But um, so I plotted my criminal minds um a whole bunch of different ways, and then when I sat down to start writing it, I did not use a single one of my plots. Not a one. But I have um almost finished part one, and I am at four thousand three hundred and eighty-seven words. I'm almost finished with part one. Um, 
and I've been picking scenes from, no, it's not pantsing. I've been picking scenes from all of my plots and kind of, like, rearranging them. And it's really weird because I don't often do that, but I've plotted so many different stories for this particular um, story that I have, like, I mean, I literally do have, like, ten plots. And I'm picking a scene here and a scene there, and I'm kind of mixing and matching um, events to build yet another plot. I don't normally do that. So, um, you know, I have my character profiles, and I have a where I want it to go at the very end, and I have all of, I probably have upwards of 80 different scenes to choose from on these plots, and I'll only end up using um, 15 scenes probably, like three per part. That's my goal. So... I have like eighty to choose from and fifteen to use. So yes, I am cherry picking, and um, I—they're uh, all basically the same idea, but I was approaching it from different angles and different perspectives and different POVs, and whether I wanted to write it in first person or whether I wanted to write it in a deep third person or whether I wanted to write it. I mean, I was just on the fence about the whole thing about how to do it. And I even, I mean, I have a really great plot for the first person point of view, but I think maybe it's too stressful to write. And sometimes as a writer, you have to make a choice, um, not only for your character and your story, but for yourself. Because, you know, just writing what I wrote today in third person was kind of hurtful, kind of hurt my feelings. And I don't know how I would... um, handle that written in first person, I'd probably be a sobbing mess, and I wouldn't be able to, um, aw, original Tempest forgot his dinner at work, that sucks. Gavin asked me, have you ever thought about writing an anime fanfic? No, Gavin, I have not, because I don't actually watch anime and I don't know I can't tell them apart and this is terrible I feel really old actually because of the anime thing I I don't know what the fandoms are I don't know how they work my husband is a huge Ranma fan whatever that is Ranma one and a half or two and a half um I don't the only anime thing that I've ever watched was that one final fantasy movie Oh, and my nephew made me go see that stupid Airbender movie, but it was live action. It it wasn't actually anime. Um, so no, I'm sorry. Um, yes, really, he likes Ranma. I, I, I don't know. I've never watched it. I mean, I see he has all the DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever. He has them all. Um, he really digs it. I, he has eclectic taste. What can I say? Uh, uh, I don't... Uh, I think it's about a boy that turns into a girl sometimes. Um, so me and anime are like... I find it interesting from a distance, but um, I can't keep track of it. I don't really understand um, the fandoms. And so, no, I'm sorry to say that I probably would never... Um, write in an anime fandom just because I can't um, keep track of it. I like, now this is also something really interesting. I like the Hobbit fandom, 
and I'll read in the Lord of the Rings fandom, and I would write in the fan, and I will obviously write in the Hobbit fandom, but I can't actually see myself writing in Lord of the Rings. It's very complicated and sophisticated. I don't know. I just I don't know. I just don't understand. There's just so much anime, and it doesn't make any sense to me, and it makes me feel really old when I try to, like, make sense of it. And um, I don't know. I just, you know, so, uh, yeah. I'll have to, like, in the next three years, just watching nothing but anime to, to figure it out. And sometimes, you know, so those things can be kind of intimidating. You know, as a writer, you... You, you look at certain fandoms and you think no. <laughs> I have this love-hate relationship with the Inception fandom. I love Inception. I love the movie. I love the fan fiction. I'd love to write it. I do have some um, works in progress. But every time I try to work on it, I'm, I get kind of intimidated by just the, the level of talent in the Inception fandom. And the Inception fandom has some extremely talented writers, and it's kind of, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm up to that. I'm not sure I'm on par with those with those lovely people. So I don't know if I can step into that fandom. And, and sometimes you encounter that as a as a writer that you oh I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure I'm qualified to write in the Inception fandom. And it's just this weird thing. We all have our things, right? Like this little um. Intimidations, just little ones. Um, I know I love the Inception movie. I I love the concept. Yes, I love the movie. I, I I watch it on a monthly basis. It's one of my favorite movies. If I had to list my top ten favorite movies, Inception would be in the top five. Um, and I. Uh, Right. But there are some fandoms that I would never write in. I would never write in Babylon 5. I love Babylon 5. I watch the entire series at least once a year. Um, I adore it. I don't think I'm qualified to write in the Babylon 5 fandom. I don't know who is. I'm pretty sure I'm not. Um, I wouldn't write in Farscape. No, I would. I would write the hell out of Farscape. But if I ever go down that wormhole, I will never come out. I will never come out of that wormhole. Um, So it's like, you know, sometimes you you look at something and, and you look at the fandom and you think, no. Because if you take that step, it's going to change you, and and just you'll you'll never be the same. And um, Farscape is that for me. Farscape is that is that point of no return in, in fandom. Because once I went there, I I don't know. I don't, I don't know what would happen. I have to be careful. I have to be very careful. I don't think I would come back. Um, I uh, I love Serenity and Farscape. I probably would not write for it. Um, again, that's a whole once you once you go down that rabbit hole, I'm not sure you can come back out. And if you do, you won't be the same. Um, you just won't be the same person at all. And it's just you know. So I don't know. As a writer, you <laughs> you make choices 
based on um, where you're comfortable and also uh, where you'd like to explore and expand and move. And sometimes if you get sucked into a concept or a fandom or an idea, it, it, it can change you in ways that are not productive. Um, I think Harry Potter is a fandom that once you step into it, it's very difficult to step out, which could be why I have 40 works in progress for Harry Potter, and I'm not apologizing because I regret nothing. Yes, I do, in fact, have 40 works in progress, of which most of them have never seen the light of day. Will they ever see the light of day? I don't know. Yes, 40. I have 40. I have 40 works in progress in the Harry Potter fandom. 40. Actually, that's not true. I have 47 because I wasn't counting the ones I actually, you know. Yeah, I have 47 works in progress in the Harry Potter fandom. 47. Because I was not counting the Harry Draco ones, just the Harry Hermione ones. I, I'm not sorry. I have no regrets. None. None. I know it's ridiculous. I know. I don't care. Um, You know, and sometimes what happens is, is you get an idea and you explore it. Oh, Gavin, I probably do have over 130 works in progress. Yeah, I probably do, yeah. So, um, somewhere in that area um, of 130, maybe more. We counted them one night in, um, Lady Hill said 111, um, but that's not including my professional works, um, and that was the active stuff. So, and also not counting what I've played with on paper that's not a digital file. So I would be comfortable saying between 110 and 150 works in progress um, in fandom. And maybe twice that professionally because I've been writing for 25 years. And I have a lot of old projects that I work with here and there, and I um, modernize occasionally and um, rework. And um, I I just – I think that when you're a creative person that you have to give yourself permission to be creative. And I gave myself permission to be creative when I was very young. Um, my grocery lists are organized by department, and they're in alphabetical order. It would be a great read. You would really enjoy it, faith in that. I also put little notes on the sides of things. Because early on, um, I didn't make a difference between post-Raisin Bran and Kellogg-Raisin Bran, and apparently there is a difference. Between Post Raisin Bran and Kellogg Raisin Bran. And I had to take the ones I bought back to the store and get the other ones. So now even my, yes, my grocery lists are, um, are annotated, and I'm I'm not apologizing for that shit either. You know, so <clears throat> it's just... You just give yourself permission to be 
creative and um you you open yourself up to ideas and when it comes to like Harry Potter um post for the win yes post has more raisins post is the preferred brand of raisin bran in my house i don't eat it um so says the person who only eats applejack i mean um, only uh, um apple cinnamon cheerios i mean that's the only kind of cheerios i eat and I don't like the off-brands either. I'm just saying. I like the Apple Cheerios. Cheerios. Just, anyways. <clears throat> you get an idea, and then you get another idea, and then you get another idea. And it's all like one idea, but you keep having it splinter off on you. And then suddenly, you've got 40 works in progress. And um, off-brand Cheerios are weird. Yes, they are, they are. They are very weird. Crazy weird. Unacceptably weird. There's no point. Ugh. Um And yes, a friend who offers to camp in my head, um which isn't creepy apparently. Right? Kat says, I didn't know how to make coffee until we got a Keurig. I don't drink it. Sweetheart, you still don't know how to make coffee. <laughs> Nothing but love for you, but you still don't know how to make coffee. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a Keurig. I'm not even throwing shade on the Keurig part, but... Knowing how to work a Keurig does not equal knowing how to make coffee. Because you just, like, push a button. <laughs> I like to use my Keurig for tea and um, hot chocolate. And, um, yes, sometimes coffee if I'm in a hurry. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I get it. Um. <laughs> well, if you don't drink it, there's no need for you to know. You know, because I think that if you don't drink coffee, that you'll never really stand how to make coffee. Because it, it does require um, um, a knowing and an understanding, I think. I think that when you encounter somebody, like, if when I go into a coffee shop, I won't take coffee from somebody who doesn't actually drink it. Because I don't want that bitch making my coffee. There's a girl at the coffee shop. She she works behind the counter. She doesn't drink coffee. I I don't understand. I don't understand. Gavin asked me how I take my coffee. It depends. If it's just straight up coffee, I like um like uh half a pack of sugar and maybe like a, just a dash of milk. Just enough to just a just a dash. No cream. I don't like creams. I don't like creamers either. Um I like uh skim milk or like 2% milk, just a little bit. Just a little. But um, I like to drink lattes. Um, that's different. I like um, espresso. When I have espresso, it's just like just a little bit of sugar. And sometimes some chocolate because I ain't going to turn down chocolate. I did almost get somebody fired at my coffee shop for for burning beans because that's ridiculous. Um when it comes to uh roasting beans uh if that's $1500 or more sitting in a roaster 
And if it gets burned, you can't use it for anything, Keyless. That's just stupid. Oh, I when I go to Starbucks, which I don't do, but if I when I go to Starbucks, I got I get their house blend and I put a little cinnamon in it. I like that. A little cinnamon, a little bit of sugar, a dash of milk. I'm ready to go. Um, but honestly, if I'm going to go to Starbucks, if I'm going to take that kind of risk, I'm getting a Frappuccino. Right, just straight up. I'm going to get a Frappuccino. It's worth it when I have to spend 50 bucks for my neo-hipster friends in response to cheating on our coffee shop with Starbucks. I'm going to, yeah, fucking Frappuccino. The frappuccino that shit up. Anyways, but I don't go to Starbucks. And nobody can prove otherwise. <sighs> Starbucks tends to burn their coffee. Um, especially especially their espresso. And I don't understand what they're doing to their machine that makes this happen, but it's, it's, it makes me deeply uncomfortable. And um, I want to, like, slap hands and just lecture no 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 but there's a girl at the coffee shop who does not drink coffee and um she made my latte one day and um she brings it to the table and and there is just something wrong with it i don't know what it is and i keep drinking it i keep drinking it and i realized um she hadn't made my my latte with espresso she'd made my, my she made my latte with regular coffee and that was terrible. And so I took it back to the counter, and I was like, I need somebody who knows what they're doing to remake my latte. <laughs> and that girl can't handle my coffee anymore. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> ah, what is wrong with her? That's the only way I drink it. I don't ah. I don't drink it at home. I don't want lattes at home because I don't have an espresso um, set up. Sam. <coughs> Anyways, it was terrible. It was terrible. Starbucks coffee is always bitter. That's why I like the frappuccino because it, it, it kind of like um, it gets rid. Of, I don't know. I just that's why I like a frappuccino. I like their frap roast. Um, that's about it. There's no reason for chai tea. None. I uh, have no idea what I want to talk about, so I'm going to... Lady Holder, you're on the air. I noticed. <laughs> How you doing? It beeps in her ear. It beeps in her ear. Yes. Um... I'm sitting here with my donuts. Ah. And my tea. Excellent. Talking about nothing. Excellent, excellent. Well, donuts are a grand thing. You know, I'll be honest in the end, say that I, I really enjoy it when I get my donuts, but hey, I haven't had them for a while. I probably shouldn't. I um, shouldn't, but I don't care. Well, this is true, but I'm planning on going out anyhow, and along the way, there's this horrible little store called Dunkin' Donuts, so, you know, it's right by. <laughs> I love to the road I have donuts. to travel. 
I like their their um their uh is it apple cinnamon? I don't know. Is that where the apple cinnamon dye is? So. It's amazing. Ah, it's I may really, try one really tomorrow good. just for you. I may try one tomorrow just for time. you. But yeah. Oh, by the way, I found out that that you should have been living in New Jersey all these years. Really? Yeah. I've been to New Jersey and I didn't like it. Why? Well, here's why. Because it is illegal for you to get out of your car and pump your own gas. I love it. I'm moving to New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Oregon. Why isn't this a federal law? No, it's not a federal law. It's a local state. But But why isn't Oregon got rid of it? Yeah. Yeah. Oregon no longer does it. They they've gotten rid of that particular thing. And all I can say is That's that bullshit. The, it should be a federal <laughs> law. That could create jobs. Look, I'm gonna yeah. be honest. There are things that I am capable of doing that I have no intention of doing. <coughs> changing my mm-hmm. own tire, changing my own oil. I know how to do both. I don't ever intend to do them. I, well, I know do how- not like pumping my own gas. I don't do it. I know. I mean, I don't know how to pump my own oil. I know how to check it, which is part of the reason why I'm going out uh, tomorrow morning because I have to go get my oil changed. But um, in this instance, I'm not real wild about somebody sitting there and putting gas in my car. I Last time I was in Oregon and they did that, I was really peeved because they wouldn't let me control how much I was doing. So, you know. Well, no, it was not that. It was it was somebody was screwing around with my vehicle, or in this case, my husband's vehicle, and it wasn't the husband or me. It was some other person, some person we don't know, and it kind of made me twitch. That's a weirdo. So, you know. That's a weirdo. That's a weirdo because, you know, frankly, I go out of my way to get somebody else to pump my gas for me. We've already determined that if I lived anywhere within driving range of her, I'd probably be one of the people who she'd call up to come get her, you know, to fill up her gas for her. So, yes, you know. she totally would be. <laughs> I do. I do have a friend. Um, like the other, about two weeks ago, um, I was out and about, and I called my friend. Um, I call her Snotty Chicklet Rider on my live journal. Uh, I said, mm-hmm. hey, do you want to have lunch? And her immediate response was, are you almost out of gas? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I said, yes. Do you want to go to lunch? And she said, yes, come pick me up. <laughs> so I picked her up, and um, we went to um to uh, Quiznos. I love their toasted um sandwiches and um I had the chicken carbonara it was fucking fantastic. And then um we went to um the gas station and she pumped gas for me. <laughs> and I would totally do something like that or just swing by and make sure, you know, you had gas. Just because, yeah, I can see. The worst that. part is, is that I have been known to run out of gas because I avoided pumping my own gas, and my husband had to come get me and 
bring gas to the car and fill, you know, and then take me to the gas station and fill up my car for me. Um, and I still have no, um, I'm not, I don't feel guilty at all about it, at all. I don't. Right. Um, I think there's, a true story. I think I was out, this is about 10. This was about ten years ago. I worked for this um asshole and um he and I had to go somewhere downtown and we had to go together and he suggested that we ride together and um get this Lincoln Town car and uh real asshole. Anyway, and we're and we're driving and I have, I'm up front and I have all my stuff and there's some people in the back and I was the youngest occupant in the car and um but not the only woman. There were two women and two men. And um, he, you know, pulls into a gas station, pulls up to the pump, and says, hey, Kara. He didn't call me Kara, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you get out some of the gas for me? And I said, oh, no, I don't do that. He said, what? I said, I don't pump gas. You don't know how? I said, oh, I know how. I just don't do it. <laughs> but I said, no, 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 there are no buts. I don't pump it for my husband, and he pays my bills. I don't know what mm-hmm. you think you're going to accomplish here. I don't do that. And so <laughs> the man in the back seat gets out of the car to, to pump the gas while we're having this conversation <laughs> because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and he got around to the to the um, to, to the everybody we work with that 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 story became popular. And whenever they would not want to do something, they would say, "Oh no, I don't do that." <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> it became a thing at, at my job place. Oh no, I don't do that. So whenever you encounter something you don't want to do, whether you know how to do it or not, in the future you can say, "Oh no, no I don't do that." I don't do do that. <laughs> and just shake your head and look at them like they're pitiful when you do. Oh no, I don't do that. And look at them oh, like God. they're just the dumbest thing you've ever seen in your life, and you feel so sorry for them at the exact same time. Oh, that's just fabulous. <laughs> I do um, pack my own groceries because I'm anal retentive. Um, I don't like how they the do way, it. Oh, yeah, and you've been known Go to ahead. pull stuff out and repack stuff if, if there's a problem. I've yes, heard I have. you do that one. Yeah. Yes, I um I just I have a problem. So I prefer, I prefer to pack my own groceries. Um, I don't care if someone helps me to the car with them. Um but uh, I have to pack my own stuff. And then if somebody does help me to the car with them, I direct them in, in, in which order I want the bags put into my car. <laughs> I went to a Publix when I had broken my foot. You guys have all heard the button story. It's on my live journal. Um and I'd broken my foot, and I was in this uh, aircast thing, and um, I went to Publix, and Publix is very customer-friendly. And so I got all my groceries done, and um, they don't let you pack your own stuff at Publix, but, so I don't go there often. But, I, the, but the boy doing the packing did, you know, follow my instructions pretty closely. Um, and I, I got all my stuff in the cart, and I was getting ready to push it out there, and I told the boy he didn't have to help me. And anyway, I get halfway out the door when the manager of the store comes trotting up and says, ma'am, I'll help you with your groceries, and he takes me out to my car. And of course, I, I'm on the fence about this because, number one, the manager of this fucking store has 
stop what he was doing to help me. But on the other hand, he's not doing it like I want. <laughs> I'm not exactly supportive on this because I find it funny. <clears throat> it was a very difficult position to be in. So I thanked him and I waited until he was all the way in the store. And then I unpacked my whole car and redid it again. But what I'm saying mm-hmm. is, is, if I spend 15 minutes picking out apples, I don't want them to be all bruised and ugly when I get home with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is a legitimate point. Just saying. <sighs> oh, so um, one of the things that showed up today. And I know a lot of people have been have been commenting on it, or actually showed up last night. Whatever, uh, Sherlock. Everybody seen the stuff for that? Where the special? Yes. yes. It's apparently going to be in some movie theaters. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be an interesting little thing. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> the tomb stash. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am in agreement. I'm on the fence about the mustache. I'm on the fence about the mustache. Of course, it's wax for the period. I'm, I'm just on mm-hmm. the fence about the whole Martin mustache thing. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, because it's really interesting because Jude Law looks great with a mustache, but Martin Freeman does not. Mm-hmm. No, not so much. I just keep. I keep wondering why somebody, you know, do what what genetics allow Bilbo to get a mustache? Is what's basically running through my head at the moment. It is, you know, it is. It, it, it's not as bad as the porn stash. I agree, um, but it's still not great. I mean, it's just not. Um, no. Uh, it's, he doesn't it, have it's the right face thick. for it. Um, no, and his face is too small for it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Like more yeah. than one caterpillar died. It's like three or four caterpillars <laughs> onto his face and died in the same place because oh, that's how God. big it is. It's it's it's, it's just it's and terrible. Then, and then terrible. he added insult to injury and twisted the little butt so that way they were pointy. <laughs> wax, 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 mustache wax. <laughs> yeah. I um. I don't even. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was looking. I was looking at some of the stuff that they had. I mean, the, the pictures of um, of you know uh, they've got the the trailer for it. I guess it's a minute twenty two. Uh, it's all over BBC One apparently, but I'm looking at it and they are remarkably comfortable. I'm wondering, you know, how much. Um, how much twitching they had to do to get comfortable in the the outfits, you know. So it's it's well, as you have to keep in mind that that they're British actors and they've probably both you know mm-hmm. been because done a lot of period work. And Martin just spent the better part of five years in. <laughs> well, and Harry not in half pants. I'm sure he's yeah. pleased to have like a whole bunch of clothes. Hell yeah, bring on the clothes <laughs> and shoes and shoes. Yeah, I can't forget. Yes. Yes. Apparently, the shoes. You know that. I can honestly say I don't say as I blame him for that. On the other hand, he at least had it easier compared to the original hobbits. His apparently were pull-ons that, um, from from what right 
uh, I saw they were pull-ons that went up over the knee, which was great because, you know, yeah, you might have to, to powder the hell out of your lower leg and your foot, but, you know, the original hobbits had to basically stand up for an hour and a half after having somebody with a brush glue the bottom of their feet into these damn things. And all I could think yeah, of because is, they I'm were, ticklish, they were all and I'd have kicked somebody. Yes. I'm ticklish it's terrible. on my feet. I'd have kicked somebody, <laughs> and that would not have been fun. I giggle off through a pedicure. I giggle, like, half through mm-hmm. a pedicure. It's just... Yeah. I... <clears throat> my... my The lady who does my pedicures when I go in will actually grip, grab hold of my ankle to hold my foot in place because I twitch. <laughs> yeah. I don't move, but I giggle the whole time. Um, I, I don't move when they've got the clippers out. I don't move when they're playing with my cuticles. It's when they've got the brush out and they're scrubbing the bottom of my foot. Then it's like I, it's a flopping fish. It's, I twitch. There's no stopping that one. <laughs> so I just, I can't do it very often. It, it's, it's not the fun type of laughter. <laughs> so, <sighs> yes, which is why so yeah, you're the Lord not of the participating one, uh, in rough. No, I'm not. I decided after. That. See, this is this is this is what happens when the two of us share brains sometimes because <laughs> we just kind of had a whole conversation and like you guys don't even know what we're talking about. You're not participating in rough trade. No, I'm not this year. Um, this month. Or well, the July rough trade this year. Let's right. let's put that one in. Um, but I, you I are reading. On, oh yes, most decidedly. Um, I am. So I'm not reading. Um, I'm only writing. I'm 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 trying to avoid reading anybody else's stuff. Um, because I do have two mods that are um not participating in their reading. And, um, of course, I see these comments, and they're, like, really tantalizing. I'm like, what are they doing in this fix that making all these people say this? And but I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing really well not to read. But you are reading, so you can give me a perspective on um, the the range of the, of the challenge. So that would be great. What I'm seeing right now is that um, there is a great deal of range. There are... Most most of the guides that I've seen, um, actually all the guides I've seen, they're not they're not the fainting fainting Blair, okay? They're not the oh my my big strong sentinel will come and rescue me, you know. By the way, this is with the patented hand on the forehead, and and you know leaning back because you're about to faint routine. None of them are that. All right, most of these people that I've read are, if not already develop into over the course of the story the type of person who will stand toe-to-toe with their sentinel and call them on their bullshit. And that's just great. You know, um, the sentinels aren't um, oversensed idiots either. They're not, they're, they're not, you know, my guide beats their chest and stuff them into the car. Although I'm willing to bet a co- if a couple of them could get them to stay in the truck, they'd be really happy with them. Um, but it's it's a really nice look at a bunch of very strong characters. And we also have, I can see a lot of, um, I can see a lot of your influence with Sentinels of Atlantis and the Awakening. I can see 
um, the stuff from Jilly. I can even see stuff from me, you know, floating through there. And it's it's really nice to see how things are counteracting some of the um, long-term reactions to the, the uh, mainstream, if you will, Sentinel fandom. Yeah. And it's... Um, it's nice. You know, even if I sit there and I sit, and it's like, I'm I'm just like, Barbara, I refresh. You know, is there anything new? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm being very good. I'm not taking advantage of anything and going and look early. I'm just, there's, I, hell with it. I have no patience. I'm just waiting. <laughs> I have a rough trade confession. I have only done this mm-hmm. once. I'm going to admit it because I don't think the author will be too mad at me. Um, there was, um, okay, um, as the administrator of Rough Trade, I can see everybody's posts and I can go into things. I can go into rough drafts um, b- before mm-hmm. they get posted. And during the Rough Trade where Julie wrote Emergence, there were several instances where I could not I could not wait for her to update. And so if I saw a draft, I'd be like, I'll just click on this and she won't know. <laughs> I couldn't mm-hmm. help myself. Yeah, I have. I usually, you know, I just, I'm, I'm really good about leaving the drafts alone. But I, she just, she just didn't update fast enough. And then I didn't have no. I mean, uh-huh. I was writing, and but I would get done writing for the day, and then her shit wouldn't be posted. But she'd have that draft sitting there. Maybe four thousand words in a draft, and I can't sell. Oh, I would click on it. I would totally click on it. So I read a large portion of Emergence before you bitches because I read her rough draft post, and I'm. I don't regret a thing. I don't regret it either, <laughs> considering I did the same damn thing. And I did that to you a couple times, too, where I'm sitting there going, oh, my I God. Please. <laughs> and I, and I get, the, I get these texts, get the fuck out of my stuff. I need to get in there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, because I could tell, like, when she had my shit open. Because one time I called her, I was like, dude, why are you in my post? I can't go in there while you're in there. And she wasn't, she hadn't learned how at the time to do a preview of the post, so so I wouldn't know she was reading it. Because you can do Mm -hmm. a preview, and it previews onto the site, so you can see it as it will when it's published, and you're not actually in the editing file. Um, She hadn't learned to do that yet. And so I would catch her every single time she was in my file reading, because she'd be all up in it. All up in it. It is not very often that I get lucky enough to actually get that close of an access. Most of the time, <laughs> yeah, perks of being a mod. In the meantime, while while that's happening, those lovely, wonderful minutes of, of bliss, then there's all the comments, all right? And, yeah, I think that's one. I'm, I'm kind of wishing we'd had the Facebook post at that time because we'd have been able to swap back and forth with some of these, but... There's there's a good and a bad. So, you know, hey. Um, but getting access to, to stuff early, to be able to read it that close, that's just great. So. <laughs> we all have our moments. Although I'm being good. You know, so that's yeah. my moment. And um, I'm not 
mm-hmm. actually all that ashamed of it. I mean, not at all, really. I'm just, I'm not ashamed. I feel like I probably should be ashamed, but I'm not. Uh, um, for the record, so far on statistics, we've had 586,000 words posted on Rough Trade. Basically, that's a round um, down from a few odd words. About 50K of that is project files, and the rest of that is pure story, baby. We've uh-huh. had 71,000 words in comments. We have 399 posts. 3,627 comments for July. That's including the July post with the sign-ups and all that stuff as well. So That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Statistics you might find interesting. We currently have 4,836 members of Rough Trade. That's, that's a hell of a thing there. <laughs> <laughs> That's um we've actually had an increase of about a thousand between the first of the year and the July challenge. Damn. We're huge and that's that's really that's amazing. You know, I I don't always realize how big rough trade is. You know, and you know that's that's um yeah <laughs> huh and we're getting um <laughs> I'm sorry the heavy. So hubby and I ordered from a restaurant, and he ordered pizza. First pizza in a while. They dropped his pizza. Oh, no. So they're probably going to have to make a new one. Oh, yes. So they were going to have to make a Um, new one. So far for the month of July, hold on. I'm going to get to some reason the statistics. You guys can see how many um, visits we've had. We have 4,800 and something users. Um, mm-hmm. Those 4,800-something users have been to the site. And yesterday actually was a very busy day for Rough Trade, um, probably our biggest to date for July. Um, we've had 48,000 visitors, page views on um, Rough Trade since July 1st, and it's the, and it's the 10th. Um, we had 50 for the entire month of April. 50,154 site views for the entire month of April. In July, we are already at 48,000, almost, yeah, 48,000, and it's just the 10th of July. Mm -hmm. And it counts you by IP address. Um, I think uh, if you keep the window open, you're not being counted. If you open up a new window every day, or every time you go to the site, you you open up a window, you're you're getting counted. Um, If you move around the different site and you hit hit like 15 pages, you get 15 page views. So so that's how that works. Um, uh, Yesterday we had um, 
4,527 page views. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there was a Sunday that just budged over 7,000, or Saturday, big pardon. That was the 4th. That was July 4th. July 4th, we had 7,002 visitors, or uh, page views. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just yeah. like, um, it's really popular this month. I think that um, visitor-wise, this is probably going to be our biggest uh, rough trade ever. Yeah. Well, considering Reason. the average per day is, yeah. Because yeah, we're already yeah, at we... um, almost equal to April, and it's just ten, we're just 10 days into the month. So I, I anticipate mm-hmm. us having um, upwards of 300,000 page views for the entire month of July. Mm-hmm. Would not surprise me at all. Yeah, I'm looking at this. It's um, it's an amazing thing how much you know this is this has been growing over the you know over the last um, couple of years. Yeah, I have some stats written yeah. down somewhere because the stats go away because I delete the um, content and the content. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't either, but I think I may just end up, you know, start looking at this again. Yeah, there's, um, there may be, part of it is, is because there, there are more stories. Uh, Dirk, you are correct. Um, but it's also because, um, it's not just the, the total of the stories, it's the type of the stories. Because we hit, yeah. what, over 100 fandoms, you said? Yeah, we're, we're, um, I think we're at 111 fandoms. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, that's pretty awesome to have that many fandoms represented uh, on the site. And uh, that was me counting the Marvel movies individually, unless they said MCU. So, like, if it's a Thor, mm-hmm. if it's just Thor, if it's just the Avengers, um, those were counted individually, unless they claimed to be in the MCU, which is the entire verse that they're mm-hmm. going to work on. But still 111. And, it's a lot of stories. It's a lot of fandoms. It's a very popular concept. It's I also, had like um, I had like twenty emails after the signups closed, asking me if I was going to do the same challenge next year because they wanted to participate next year. I think the decision has been made that that the Sentinel, this is going to be a yearly thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it'll be an annual challenge. I think the word count will change next year. I think that instead of doing three short stories, we might do two novellas. 25,000 each? Maybe. Okay. One reason why July is short is because we're on the cusp of getting ready for Nano, and that's the big challenge. And so in the past, I've always been like, let's keep July short. So I don't know, you know. But what I have discovered is that um, the, the a lot of the participants are almost finished. Mm-hmm. And the active participants, um, 
Apparently riding 10K is a walk in the park for some people who knew. <laughs> well, I did because I've, I've watched some of these people just blow through. And then you sit there and, and you know, you hear, I'm at XYZ number. I still got two scenes. I'm screwed. Yeah. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Um, (laughs) By the way, do you realize the Sentinel came out 19 years ago? It came out in 1996. You know. We're we're almost at the 20-year mark. And I'm looking at this, and it's like, wow. I mean, I know of fandoms that are older than the Sentinel, okay? Um, What springs to mind is the original series from Star Trek and... um, um, God, I can't remember the name now. I just completely bought um, the Man from Uncle, or two that I know of right away. That the actually... original fandom is actually Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Um, the first recorded fan fiction that we're aware of was written for Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Starsky and Hutch. There's, um, you know, there's there's a whole whole bunch of of you know the the fandoms that Man from Uncle I think is going to get a huge shot in the arm because of the movie. By the way, the movie actually looks interesting. Yeah, you know, have you seen the, the the trailer for that one? I have not. No. It actually looks pretty interesting. Um. So. <clears throat> I may end up going and seeing that. I recently way, read an original Hawaii Five-O slash, uh, slash story on AO3. Um, mm-hmm. I, I normally read in just in, in the modern fandom, and I clicked on the Steve Dano tag, and I didn't have it marked just to give me the new fandom. And mm-hmm. so I got the old fandom, too. And I'm reading the story, and all of a sudden, Kono is a boy, and I'm like, what is this? And I realized I was reading the old show. I was reading a story set on the old show where Kono is a man, mm-hmm. and I'm I am already d- deep in the story. I thought, well, no, I'm not reading this because I prefer the the new one. But then I kept thinking, oh, I have to go back and find out what happened in that story. So I had to go back and find the story <laughs> and um, to read it because I had to find out what happened to Dano, you know. And so I read the uh-huh. original, and it was um, except with the exception of. Um, Kono, it, you could easily picture it being set in the in the new series, and I'm thinking, and I, I, mm-hmm. I, the original is on Netflix. And I've been thinking about watching it just so I can see if their subtext is as thick as the current one. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. It's, How know, deep um, is the romance on this um, show gonna go? Yeah. Oh yeah, I I look at some of the the um some of the older shows that I enjoyed as a kid, and it's like okay, I there's no way I'm going to cross these two people ever, just because it's just like I can't do it. Others, it was easy, you know. Um, <laughs> Azura says Azura I just can't slash Jack Lore with anyone. <laughs> I don't know. I'll try. I did actually. I. I, I, I read that story and I was like, I didn't always picture Axel Laughlin. Um, Jack was working that suit. I have to admit, I, I, I read it. 
your um, cards when I was like, well, just call them on your cell phone. Oh, wait, you don't have a cell phone. <laughs> Hit. Oh, no. Let <laughs> me get my cellular out. Call your record. <laughs> oh, wait. I got no phone. I got no phone. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, I'm like, there were like several times where I just threw thinking to myself, why the fuck are you using a pay? But wait, what is this? Why are you using a pay oh, phone? Yeah. Get your cell oh, wait. You don't have a cell phone. I mean, like, repeatedly, you know, so sometimes... I'm not sure how I could get through a Magnum P.I. story with him not having a cell phone. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about the original Sentinel back, you know, when they had those monstrously huge bricks. And even then you I were know, lucky right? if you had it's one a, of those bricks. Take up Blair's whole head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was just ridiculous, you know. Um, and, and you know, those those were only vaguely considered... You know, mobile phones. So, you know, that was... I remember my dad tucking his version of that particular Motorola brick into his back pocket of his jeans. And it's like, really, Dad? You're you're, you're attempting this? And he's like, yeah, it'll it'll fit. (laughs) I want to put out a fandom request. If they reboot Magnum P.I., the only actor qualified to be the new Magnum is Michael Weatherly. I would love it. That would be wonderful. I'm serious. He's the only one. He's it. (laughs) No one else. Don't even fucking try it. And if they want to reboot the Rockford Files, they need to fucking cast Joe Flanagan. Yeah, I can see him doing Rockford. Yeah, picture that. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Woo! <laughs> oh. He doesn't have to have the stash. He can be modern. Maybe a goatee. He's gone. Yeah. But no, if they ever reboot the Rockford Falls, they are required to cast Joe Flanagan at. Oh, there's nobody else. Mm hmm. Gone. Wow, the Rockford Files is old. Okay. There's... You know, I'm I'm looking at some of this stuff, and you know the other one that, that they'll probably end up rebooting just because, you know, they're trolling the backlist now? Remember Quincy Emmy? Quincy, Quincy. I think that David Hewlett would be an awesome Quincy. I think he would do very well as an as Quincy. I don't know if we could get him to do it, but you know. I think that would be awesome. <sighs> There's so many. I mean, I wish, I really wish they wouldn't redo some of them, but yeah. You know. <laughs> if they're gone, uh, they might as well do some fucking fan service. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. I twisted. I really hope you're 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 wrong and that there is no He-Man reboot. That was, that was terrible. Oh, oh god, the worst movie ever made. He-Man Master well, the of the one, Universe. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren had They already tried to remake Ironside and it failed. 
saw mention and I and I tried to to at least get into. They were doing a Thundercats routine, and I looked at it and it's like that one's just bizarre. Didn't work. Mm. Diagnosis murder. Uh, Twisted said it isn't old enough to reboot yet. Yes, it is. It's yeah, they, they they for Dallas. Yep. God, old shows. Um, <laughs> the one that I got that I got Azure on, Barney Miller. Can you imagine if they redid that one? It'd be a lot grittier. Yeah, there'd be a lot. You'd see a lot more. But then again, um, we've got a version of that anyhow with with the law with the Law and Order stuff. So I'm just saying that NCIS has been on for a long time. And eventually it's going to end. I'm sorry to say this to you people, um, but mm-hmm. it's going to end because um, Mark Harmon didn't get any younger. And if we're going to have nope. a reboot of Magnum, I, I don't see anybody else pulling it off. NCIS came on the air in 2003. And oh my goodness, golly. Mark Harmon was born in 51. Damn, he's he looks really good for that. Yeah. So. Pierce Brosnan could still play Remington Steele. Yes, the pretty bastard could. Yeah. But it'd be a much, it'd be he a much really more, um, I think it'd be a much more seasoned Remington nowadays. Oh. Willow, please tell me you're kidding. We're not rebooting Lost. It was confusing enough the first time. The second time, they never get That's stuff so right. That's stupid. Dumb. It dropped my damn pizza. Dumb. Are they? Dumb. I heard. I'm sorry. Lasagna, I hope. <laughs> the husband is sulking because his, his 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 pizza hit the floor, so he's hoping that the or he says that our pizza person is going to flog the person who dropped it with a wet noodle. You see, my Domino's doesn't have kinky games like that. <laughs> Her Domino's doesn't have kinky games like that. We're not eating Domino's. So. It's a radio story. It's the radio show. Hi! Yes, everybody says hello to you. Everybody say hi. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got, you've um, got a couple of people. <laughs> I I named my radio show um, Happy Little Accidents tonight because I was uh, on YouTube earlier um, looking for movie quotes, and I came across a video of Bob Ross and Bob Ross used to be on public television, and he would paint, and I would watch him in the afternoons, and he said once that um, we don't make mistakes, we have happy little accidents. And I um, kind of consider my fandom life a happy little accident because what I got wasn't what I intended. When I first, like, entered into fandom, I was... um, kind of bored with the content of my television and literally uh, 
500 channels and not a fucking thing to watch. And I um, was looking for some SG-1 um, fanfic because my husband suggested, you know, why don't you go online and see if you can find some, you know, something to read. And I'm like, well... He said, well, let's see if they have any SG-1 fanfic. And I, I ended up falling into the pit, fanfiction.net. And um, this was when Stargate Atlantis was just starting. So I got um, Atlantis fanfic, and I'm reading it. And I was a gen reader, and I didn't read any couples or pairings. And then Ronan came on the Stargate Atlantis show. And I kind of got, like, interested in the Ronan-Keller pairing, which is where eventually I wrote Dark Places in the Soul. But my... Um, life in online fandom wasn't um, what I intended. I got frustrated with fanfiction.net's policies on posting porn um, because um, I don't porn. I I don't see any reason why I shouldn't write porn. And I'm going to write porn. I don't see any reason why I shouldn't share porn because that's what you should do. You should share your porn. Don't be stingy. This is why we have a door. Hey, this is why we have Azure. You know, I'm just she, saying, she there's no it. need to be stingy with your porn. Mm-hmm. She is very good about sharing her porn. And this is why we uh, have the... I made myself a website. The, yeah. Woohoo! I made myself a website because I got tired of um, being worried about being deleted off fanfiction.net. And I deleted my own shit off fanfiction.net and put it up on my site. And um, I didn't really advertise. Um, and the first time I got comments on my site, I was like, really? Because I, I put a little note on my fanfiction profile saying, hey, you can find me here. And that was apparently all I needed to do because they found me. And um, then I posted what might have been, and I made a little note in one of the McShep live journal groups and saying, hey, you know, I... I'm doing this, and I posted this, and here's the link, and um, that's all she wrote. Uh huh. And uh, I have all these people on my website, and then I thought, you know what? I like writing challenges, so I'm going to do a writing challenge. And so I, mm-hmm. I did Naked Nano, and um, I thought, well, maybe people want to do it with me, and so we would do this little thing, and people actually showed up and wanted to do it with me, and then you know, so it was like one little thing after another that was never part of the plan. Um and by the way, I'm getting dinner by the way, guys, so Okay. And I remember um looking at statistics and um being surprised by how widespread my uh visitors were and it was just it was craziness. It was crazy because I had visitors from Africa and I had a visitor who was right smack dab in the middle of Antarctica and I don't know what she was doing down there, but I hope my porn got her through the cold night. I just <laughs> I think I, they did. If, I don't you know. Told me that, um you told me that they that, that, that particular reader found you because they um they Googled their station. No, right. that was a different one. This was just someone I saw oh. on the visitor map, not someone who um, messaged me. I did get a message from somebody saying, hey, um, I was actually doing some research, and I put in McMurdo, um, and I was looking for information, and I got your site, and thank you so much. I've, I'm so entertained. <laughs> and I was like, great. And then, you know, I got my first letter from a soldier, and, and this was when um, Don't Ask It, Don't Tell was still a problem. Mm-hmm. 
My husband is a complete is your pizza wrapped asshole. in foil? She's sitting there. No, there's there's my dinner, which is actually uh, chicken and wing or chicken wings and and uh, deep fried cauliflower. Well, to get to that, you have to open the paper bag. And since my husband is to put it to put it in the nicest possible ma- uh, manner, my husband is a raging asshole. He's sitting there and slowly but surely peeling open this particular paper bag. Okay, because I only pay for this, so it's it's not super important. (laughs) Ah, but I'm not telling him that. Stop it! Stop it! (laughs) You know, it's behavior like this that makes me wonder why I'm not a lesbian. (laughs) This is proof. This is proof, actually, that you don't get to choose to be a lesbian. Because sometimes men are so annoying, would it would like just be easier off? if they weren't around. And yet, I keep mine, she keeps hers. I'm just saying. So if lesbianism was a choice, it's behavior like this that would make that possible. <laughs> I know, right? Julie says that when women have their moments too, and this is true enough. Uh-huh. And I don't even know what I was true. talking about. He just—he he totally ruined my train of thought. Oh, oh um, and visitors. 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 And I got my first letter from a um, a young man in um, in the army, and he told me he had he was reading what might have been, and he really enjoyed um, reading a story about two men in love. Often when he when he read gay fiction, that one of them was feminized if a if a woman wrote it. Mm-hmm. And so he asked me if I was a woman, if if I was in fact a man pretending to be a woman, and I assured him that I was in fact a girl. And um, he just he talked about how much he enjoyed the you know the, the relationship and the, how I hadn't um, forced one of them into a female role, and he really appreciated that. And um, all I could think to myself the whole time is, oh, my God, dude, don't get caught reading my gay paper. Because <laughs> don't, yeah. don't tell was still a problem then. And mm-hmm. um, I was I was very concerned about it. And I ha- I still do have a lot of military readers. I can see them pinging off military servers in other countries and um, on my site statistics. And I think to myself, dudes, I hope you're enjoying the porn. You know, um, but yeah. um, and I get you know letters all the time from from young men. Like uh, there was an especially young man who emailed me um, a couple years ago, and um, he was just 15, and I couldn't respond back to him because he was too young. I just, I, I couldn't. Um, when you oh write porn on the internet, you, you can't interact with minors. It's just it's a bad idea. And so he wrote me this really long letter, and um, he told me that he knew I wouldn't respond because. I'd already put a policy out about not responding to underage readers, and he wanted me to know how old he was so I wouldn't make a mistake and respond to his email. Um, but he um, thanked me for, for for writing and for um, being um, so open-minded. And I thought to myself, is that the kind of world we live in where you have to thank somebody for being open-minded? Apparently, it is, realize, but, yes, you know, exactly the kind of world we live in, where you have to thank somebody mm-hmm. that you're compelled to thank somebody for being open-minded. 
Yeah, unfortunately. And so I get a lot of letters from from, um, young gay men on a pretty regular basis, actually. I got one yesterday. Um, He'd read Ties to Bind, and he was enthralled. His words, not mine. Um, uh, Enthralled. He said he spent the last week enthralled with um, Ties that Bind, and he didn't know what to do with himself now that he was finished reading. And I said, start over. <laughs> if it works, it works. I don't to read there. <laughs> and I, so I wrote and I asked him, I said, well, have you read Sentinels of Atlantis? And he said, no. I said, well, read that. I, I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> and there's not going to be any spanking in that one, but there's definitely some fucking. And he said, okay, great. <laughs> You know, I think it's I think it's actually pretty wonderful that when you mm. when you sat down to write all of this, it, you didn't feminize anybody. I mean, even even the women in your stories are the best version of those women that they can be. Okay, they're not all um, hyper feminized. Uh, weepy, you know, dreary people who, you know, n- you know, need that guy to come and, and rescue them. They're none of those things, and that is, that's a really wonderful thing. It really is. Um, I, you know, I'm Southern. I'm, I am. Um, it's kind of standard. We've discussed I, my I unfortunate really debutante past. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've we've discussed my unfortunate past with debutante balls and. I laugh. I won't lie. Um, and so, but I'm not someone who believes in um, that kind of stereotype. Women in my life are strong. Some of them wear dresses every day and high heels and makeup and put rollers in their hair. But they're still badasses, you know. Um, mm-hmm. My little old aunt, she'll, she'll have pink rollers in her hair and a gun in her purse. I, I'm not even lying. And she'll go to Walmart like that because she don't give a fuck, and she hadn't given a fuck since 1981. She didn't even wait for Prince. Yeah. <clears throat> but, so, when I approach a character, I don't approach them from the point of view that they're male or female. This is a person. This, mm-hmm. These are their traits. They actually happen to have this genitalia, which isn't going to matter until it's time for them to fuck. Because other than that, I don't actually care what somebody is. I don't care what color you are. I don't care um, what you got in your pants unless I want you to fuck somebody and then I have to figure out how that's going to work. Just for my own personal perversions, I mean, it's not even – I wouldn't – like, there there is this person – I uh, I know it's a cafe, and they're transgender. Um, and I'm not going to specify anything else because I don't want to put – this isn't about them. I don't want to um, – I'm trying to be respectful. Put them on the spot. And this person, mm-hmm. um, this, um, this person is transgender, and I have never once in any conversation I've been in them with been remotely curious in knowing what genitalia they have. Because it's literally none of my business. They have some. Like. It's theirs. That's that's all that they have. That's their junk. That that's their junk. Uh-huh. I don't care if they've had surgery or not. It's not any of my business. Um, and so when I approach a character, their gender, their genitalia is the last 
part come up. And it only really comes up if I want them to have sex. I'm trying to figure out how tab A and tab B are going to work. Or if there are two tabs and no slots, and or if there's three slots or two slots. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Gavin asks, what character do you hate most from Stargate Universe? I don't hate. I never watched it. I did not watch a single minute of Stargate Universe. I got exposed to it because himself watched some of it, but I wasn't voluntarily watching any of it. There there was no way. Um, and I had reasons for it, and they were legitimate and are legitimate still. Well... I am a middle-aged woman, and I wasn't their target audience. So fuck you, Target Universe Yeah, creators. that one too. Oh, you mean the whole universe? The whole universe characters that I hate on Target Universe, and like in the entire Stargate complex. Um, I'm not fond of Weir. I'm terribly mm. unfond of the characterization of Jennifer Keller. I. <clears throat> um. The the original uh, Elizabeth Weir, the blonde version of her, badass. It's a badass. Yeah, I very like much her. so. I didn't like the Tory version of. Um, Not so much. Elizabeth Weir. I actually, if I had to choose a character that I dislike the most, I'd pick Landry. I don't like him at all. He reminded me far too much of a used car salesman. He's very smarmy. Yeah, you're right. I, I didn't like him at all. Um, I'm not particularly fond of Daniel Jackson either, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I think the, the actor is a douchebag. Not sorry. Okay. Too bad she wasn't available for the Junior Run series. That's not accurate, Tempest. She was actually... <clears throat> on board Pregnant with the different. series, thought she was doing the series. She bought a house up there in Canada to get ready to move there to participate in the series, but they were unwilling to work with her when she accidentally got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And yet a couple of years later, they worked in a certain actress's pregnancy into the storyline. They could have hidden her pregnancy. It wasn't like mm-hmm. Weir was running around with a gun. It, I mean, it could Far have been done easily. Easily. She had like three or four minute scenes in like every episode. It, it would have been, yeah, Jessica Steen, yeah, was supposed mm-hmm. to be with Elizabeth Weir, but she got pregnant and the powers that be wouldn't um, make allowances for her um, pregnancy. Her pregnancy. It's just pure misogyny. Yeah, well, that's been proven time and again with that group. It has been, yes. Um, so, no, I don't like Landry. Um, one of my favorite <clears throat> characters, actually, I, <laughs> I love Apophis. I love him. He's so terrible. He's great. I fucking love Apophis. Um, I really like Mayborn, too. He's such a fucking asshole. I I love Mayborn oh, yeah. in the original series. Um I um my, my favorite character is probably McKay. Um Yep. Oh, by the way, um I was rereading parts of Sentinels of Atlantis and one of the things that that we leave with is where um 
Mc, or, uh, Mayborn wanted to speak to Jack, and I'm really kind of wondering what is going to happen with that. That's going to be an interesting thing. Hmm. Kinsey. I don't like Kinsey. Kinsey's a fucker. He's a fucker. Mm-hmm. He's also two-dimensional. There's no, there's, no, there's no development there. She don't even know what's going mm-hmm. on with Kinsey, you know, in the background. And so that makes him easy to hate, but also easy to forget. The thing that, that bothered me or bothers me about Kinsey is, you know, he sits there and he, he pounds the uh, Earth is Superior shtick. And I'm wondering, do you actually believe that shit? You know, I admit I killed him in in one of my stories, and I had a good time doing it. Um, Yay! Kalia <laughs> uh, is stating that Kinsey is the Stargate version of Ebola. Yeah, yeah, that I that I'll I'll agree to that one. Um. Koya, the Janai or Cohen. I don't know that. I don't. Koya, I don't. I don't hate either one of the Janai. I mean, yes, they're assholes, but at least they're assholes for a reason. Mhm. Mm. Michael, I'm not too fond of, but they built their own. They 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 built that particular bed. Um, yeah. They literally ball. brought that shit on themselves. Yes, Ball. I I am not fond of Ball at all. Ball's terrible, but also fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, where is that? I need... Uh, there is a character that was played, and I'm try- I have to find the... Um, there it is. Kevin Smith played him. And I think it was Kevin. No, well, maybe. Um, Calamus. That's who it was. Who played Calamus? And no, I don't hate him. I like him. I don't remember, but there's, um, there's, there's, I don't, Hathor was another uh, ghoul that I wasn't too fond of. I don't like Hathor, I don't like that episode, because they downplayed and ignored <clears throat> the fact that Hathor rapes Daniel Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they totally ignored it. Like it didn't happen at all. That's exactly what happened. Mhm. It's um. There's a lot of things about that um. About that whole episode arc with with Hathor that I think I was very happy when um when she got shoved in the the. Uh, the cryogenic fluid in that episode because it really couldn't have happened to, you know, a more deserving uh, character. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I wasn't. I was very unfond of that one. Alma Dasala. Oh God. She definitely was. Oh, um, cryptic. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Steve Backick was B-A-C-I-C with Calumet. Done some other things since then, but he is a, he's definitely one of those very pretty men. Or Camelus, whatever. I mispronounced him. There he is. That's him. But... Hmm... Going back to Happy Little Accident, um, I fell into fandom because I wandered. Where did I? I think I read my first. Um, I was reading CSI first, and I was wandering all over the web, and I actually managed to avoid the pit for a very long time. Um, and then I found the Stargate stuff, and I found that was mostly. I was reading Hat for a very long time. You know, um, I was reading Jack and Sam because uh, that's what I saw for a long time. And then I decided to click on one and it was a Daniel and it just went all downhill from there. My first John and Rodney fic was Time in a Bottle by Astawad. <clears throat> oh, and if you're going to dip your one. foot... In a Slash fandom, you can't get any better than Astolot, I don't think. Mm -mm. Uh, That was like a, I don't know, I I could not have made a better choice, I don't think, because I was like, oh, girl, what did you do? And I fell in love. It was like, what? What have I been missing? What is this? Oh, my God. And then that that was it. You know, I just, um, I don't even know how I found it. I, I I, I, I can't even tell you how I found it, but I clicked on it, and it was like that was that that was it. So if you've not read Time in a Bottle by Astolot, I don't know what your problem is. Seriously, it, Astolot has some really nice stuff. Um, Astolot has some gorgeous stuff that you know that that there's just. on fanfiction.net. I'm not ashamed of that. I probably wouldn't I probably would have continued to post there if they hadn't um uh started bombing people basically and deleting for adult content. But they were so selective about it. It it seemed very personal and ugly mm-hmm. and and I wanted no part of that. Okay, great. Now I've got an earworm. Sorry, but I just now have time in a bottle, and my, and my head is the song. Great. Sorry. Not sorry. Nothing you can do. Not so much, no. I'm going to put a link in the description for the show for people who are listening. So mm-hmm. if you have not read Time in a Bottle by Astolot, you can read it after you're yep. listening. It's totally worth it. 
and it is um, one of the best fics in Stargate fandom. Um, mm-hmm. The very best fic in Stargate fandom, and uh, there's people are going to argue with me about that, but the very best fanfic in Stargate fandom, as far as I'm concerned, is Freedom is Nothing Just. Freedom is just nothing a word for nothing left to lose. And it uh-huh. is the most amazing piece of fiction you will ever read. Um, it, but um, don't read it, it when you're is. around other people. Because that I cannot read that story without crying like a baby. And I do mean like <gasps> like sobbing, like, oh, uh-huh. oh my God, me, oh, my God. And normally yeah. I can get almost to the end, and then there's that part and then the thing, and he says that terrible, terrible stab-your-heart line. He says this one thing, and, and, and when you see it, and when you see this line, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's this one line, and it just tears your heart out. It, it is it is literally the best thing in fandom. It, there is no story out there I think is better than that. Then freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. Um, bar none. That that particular story is one of the biggest love letters from start to finish. I agree. You know, because the love just pours off the page. Every word is just it's 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 the it's wonderful. So I'm gonna put um, that link up as well. Um but I really, I really recommend that you not read this unless you're in, um, you're by yourself and you're in a good place because it is emotionally gut wrenching. And um, some people can only read it, it once and never go back. I read it every year. And I'm, I read it every year. Yep. And it is amazing. It is the first fic that I saved to my computer just in case one day she takes it down. I really hope she never does because that quality of fic, okay, I read through that thing and it's one of the things that convinced me that, you know, people who say that fan fiction is a cheat or is a cop-out, they have no clue. They said they're whore mouths. Exactly. Totally exactly. Because that is the the that and um written by the victors are both I never read such, written by the victors. I can't um It's it's a good. I feel like if I went down that road, I would never be. Yeah, I would be like lost. It would just be totally lost. Yeah. On. The um. Those two stories are. If you're gonna read in the Stargate fandom. You know, as 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 deeply as I love your stuff, Kira. Those two mm-hmm. are are stories that I will say they're requirement they're required reads. These are things that I you do have believe to read. That, I think that that freedom is just <clears throat> is just another word for nothing left to lose. Hello, could your child be any longer? Um, is actually um should be required reading for the fandom. I I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I think that um it says so much in so little um that it. 
it really you can't even describe the experience you have when you're reading it. Uh-uh. It's it's a it's a once in a lifetime kind of experience and a once in a lifetime kind of story and it it sticks with you and and it's a it's a terrible cry, but it's a good cry too. I I read it once a year and tears just stream down my face and I can't even help it and I don't even try. Because it is a love letter and it's more than um it's when when you first open it and you start reading it, you, you think it's a love letter to Rodney McKay. But by the end mm-hmm. of it you realize that even though I don't think she ever actually says his name. It, it's I think it's it is a love letter in. to John Shepherd. It's a love letter mm-hmm. to John Shepherd. And it is um amazing. Mhm. It is the biggest. It's the biggest, flashiest, most gut wrenching love letter ever. <laughs> yep. As a matter of fact, she doesn't Devin. say his name throughout the entire fic. I just did a um, search for it. She never says John's name once in the fic. Hmm. And the entire story wow. is it, it's it's um it's just really amazing. Time in the bottle is mm-hmm. different. Um it is beautiful and the human condition is amazing and beautiful and her words just kind of leap off the page and you John in in the story, John slowly falls in love, and you, as the reader, you slowly fall in love too. And so by the time you get to the end of it, you're just as bewildered and shocked as John is when what happens happens. I don't want to spoil it for you. But when it got to that point when it happened, I was like, oh, God, stop. What are you doing? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, and that's when you realize just how deep into it you are, and so, and that, you know, there, there's there's so much talent in the Stargate fandom. It's a huge amount of talent in the Stargate fandom, but, but I, mm-hmm. I, I do believe that if you, um, if you only ever read one story in the Stargate fandom, that I think it should probably be Freedom. And if you want to read a second one, read Time in a Bottle. <laughs> Freedom gives you, it gives you all the basics. If you have time, you can come read the- me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It gives you all the basics. It gives you that that relationship that, you know, oh god. It's technically, I guess you could call it a gen story because there's nothing happening, but it's still a love letter. It's just it's gorgeous. Um a big one. There's a comment in here from Toaster on on the uh um chat that says, I've read fan fiction that was so much better than anything that I've read that was published. Not a lot, but some. Um, Fan fiction doesn't have the constraints. You know, and we've talked about that one before. I can't see freedom as being something that could have been considered commercially viable. Unless you're Nicholas Sparks. No, no, number one, it's too short. Um, And number two, uh, it's quiet. Mhm. Um, that's the beauty of of of, of freedom. 
it's a very quiet story. It and when it punches you in the chest Oh my god. You don't even get mad. <laughs> You're too busy crying to be mad. <laughs> but he's beautiful. And um you uh to be honest, it's a death fic. Freedom is just another mm-hmm. word for nothing left to lose. Is a death fic. Um, somebody did die. And, um, I'm not going to try to, you know, trap you into reading something that you aren't prepared for that. Um, so it's, but it's lovely. It is it is lovely, and it is a fine example of craft um, and character development and story and pacing and. Um, Emotional impact. It's just great. Really great. I think if I had read Freedom before I wrote what might have been, I might not have read, I might not have written what might have been. Well, I can be very happy that you didn't read it beforehand, considering <laughs> that's one of my favorite ones of yours. <laughs> I'm just saying it because it it, it impacted me in, in in such a such a profound way that I didn't mm-hmm. um I didn't write uh that pairing for for weeks afterwards and I don't know if I'd have ever gotten there for what might have been if if I had read that first I think eventually ties that bind would have happened regardless because I was really enamored with um Zance coming home but um mm-hmm. I. It really, uh, it dug deep. Freedom dug really mm-hmm. deep for me. I can't even listen to the song, Bobby McGee, without getting a little teary. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that one. Because if you're not aware of it, that title is a lyric in the song Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin. I don't remember who it is. Um, I'll um, have to go find it. Fantastic. I, there's a really awesome cover of um, Bobby McGee by Pink on YouTube. I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. Um, if you're not interested in listening to the, Jan- the Janice version, and Janice is a fucking genius, so I don't know why you wouldn't, but if you don't want to listen to Janice Joplin, you can go over to YouTube and do Pink and Bobby McGee, and it is a great cover. Um, it's a great song, but I can't listen to that song without thinking of that fanfic, and then I cry. So it's just, it's it's not a good combination. Mm-hmm. It's not. But stumbling across that fic was also a happy accident. Um, I think sometimes when you're, um, when you're a writer, as a writer, you encounter, um, sometimes you encounter things at the exact, in the exact moment you should. Because if you read them sooner or you read them later, they, they won't impact you the same way. They won't move you the same way. Um, I remember reading um, when I was younger, and like I read Little Women when I was young, and it destroyed mm-hmm. me. But if I read it now, I'd be too focused on analyzing mm-hmm. the writer to pay attention to the story, you know. To Kill a Mockingbird, <laughs> I read it as a child and didn't quite get the impact. But then I read it as an adult, and it was 
Amazing. I read, because I had to, Lord of the Flies, and <laughs> I was horrified with it. Oh, Lord of the Flies, you're going to shout um, at me. I ain't going to lie. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with those people making us read that when we were that age? Lord of the Flies gave me nightmares. I was Terrible. not a real big happy camper when I got that through with that one. Um, I read, um, was it uh, Grapes of Wrath? I read that one for an English class, and my whole reaction to that one was, what the fuck did I just read? You know? It's like, what is wrong with you people? Um, a lot of the classics, I, I yeah. Um, Pride and Prejudice, did I read Pride and Prejudice? No, I didn't read that one. I read it in college, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, um... <laughs> Be very happy Watch the movie, it's better. <laughs> Probably. I read Little Women. I went out or the and I found Little Men. Say. Yeah. I went out and I found Little Men, and I actually enjoyed that one a lot, too. Um, <sighs> yeah. Toaster, what the fuck did I just read and why? Oh, English class. Yes, oh, that English is why class. I read that. That's right. Oh, my like, God. I, where the I, red fern grows? Why would you do that uh, to a kid? What is wrong with you? Uh, Seriously, what's just, wrong oh, with you? Grapes of wrath? Grapes of yes. wrath? You terrible motherfucker! What is wrong with you? I read the abridged version of Les Mis. All right? The abridged version. I am a voracious reader. I read 900-page books in an afternoon. It took me a month to read that book. All right, because I kept. I've read of mice and men. Of mice and men is awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. I liked the pearl. I didn't like them as young as a young kid, but as an adult, I really enjoyed the pearl. One of my favorite stories as a child, um, as a young reader, was a short story called Flowers for Algernon. Um, that's a that's one that you you sit there and it's like, oh my. It just sticks with you forever, doesn't it? That one and the lady and the uh-huh. tiger. In our class, yeah. she asked us, you know, in the end of the lady and the tiger, the, the story goes basically is that, oh, this man gets caught with a woman he's not supposed to be with, and the woman is a princess, and he gets thrown into the arena, and he has to open one of the doors. And in one door, there, there's a tiger, and it's going to kill him. And in the other door is a woman, and he has to marry this woman. And so he asks the princess which door has the woman because he doesn't want to die. And so and then the story ends as the door opens after he picks the door that she told him to pick. And then you're left to wonder if she saved her lover and gave him to another woman or if she gave him to a tiger because she didn't want to share. And so our teacher asked us, and everybody was like, oh, she um, she gave him to the woman. She gave him, and, I, and she comes to me, and uh-huh. I'm like, she totally faced him as a tiger. And I was the only one in the classroom who said it. And she said, what? I said, she totally fed him to the tiger. Uh-huh. I said, no, she's not sharing him with anybody. She totally fed him to the tiger. Yeah, no way. She totally fed that poor fool to the tiger. Yep. There's, um... 
I remember reading um, the book versions of some movies uh, that I saw as a kid. And I actually went and, um, oh, The Handmaid's Tale. Kaya, thank you so much for that screaming nightmare that's going to come wandering back. Um, I hated The Handmaid's Tale. Um, there's books, there, there's movies that, that, that the written version of it, the, the, the book, they, they managed to pack more detail in and sometimes it's not that great. It changed how I felt about stuff. I read the book version of Stargate and I read the, 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 the sequels. And it almost turned me off the, the movie entirely. It does, okay. because then you realize that what happened um, when Sharae's father gave her to Daniel, he gave her to all of them. All of the Jaffa that came through the gate to monitor the... He whored his daughter out to each and every one of them. And he thought that's what Daniel Jackson was. He was there as a representative of Raw. Mm-hmm. And all the other representatives of Raw have fucked his daughter. He's whoring mm-hmm. her out. But they changed yep. it in the movie like it was um, an offering of marriage when it wasn't. It was just an offering of pussy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, I got so mad. Um, oh, what really? One what happy really accident I had, and we got seven minutes left, so we'll talk about this little happy accident of mine. I was stepping through the channels one day, um, and I had read the first three or four Harry Potter books um, mm-hmm. with my niece or with, with, with my nephew, and I hadn't read the rest of them. And I came across the Harry Potter movie, and I thought, huh. And so I went and pulled out my Harry Potter books because I had them. I just hadn't finished the series. And this was about eight months before Deathly Hallows came out. And I um, I read <laughs> the entire series. And then um, it just it was like, oh, okay, yeah. And then I just I kind of fell into the Harry Potter fandom as a result of that. All because I was flipping through the channels and I found um, it was actually The Prisoner of Azkaban. And I remember liking that book a lot. And so I thought, okay, I'll just go back and I'll, and I'll read the books. And um, I had all that Harry Hermione um, fanfic. And then, of course, you know, Deathly Hallows came out and it totally ruined me. It, <laughs> come on now. Uh-huh. But, you know, you all yeah. know that I cut the epilogue out of my hardcover. Right? Yes, I, I do. I told you guys that, right? I did. And my niece brought her hardcover to me. Um, because she had been reading mine at my house, and she said that I needed to fix hers because hers ended badly. And my sister's like, what are you talking about? I said, oh, I cut the epilogue out of mine because it was stupid. So, so my ends with the war. And she went, are you serious? And I'm like, I'm totally serious. And so I got an exacto knife out, and I cut the epilogue out of my niece's copy. And she was like, thank you, that makes it so much better. And then she just walked away. <sighs> yeah, I, I, that would improve the story immensely. I 
I think I, I got, I read the end of, I read that epilogue, and it's like, really? Really? It's like, that's such a fucking cop-out. Oh. Why didn't you leave it a mystery? We didn't need the epilogue. We didn't need the epilogue. Mm-hmm. Joanne? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. That was not a happy accident. No. But it did, um, flipping the channels and and, and hitting that movie kind of reawakened my um, interest in the Harry Potter stuff and the Harry Potter fandom. And um, I've been reading a little bit here and there, but I I got the books out and and I read them. Um, You know what? I actually have less of a problem with Harry marrying his mother's clone fangirl than I do the smartest witch of her generation ending up with Ron motherfucking Weasley. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have that one. Um, the the thing that gets me is Seriously. you know it, it, yeah. Um, when I when I watch shows anymore, when I watch um, movies, I look for that spark between the actors and the characters, and I think that's one of the main reasons why I, I fell into the Hobbit fandom with with Thorin and Bilbo, um, and it didn't bother me at all. I saw it immediately. It's there. It's great. I'm really happy when I when I read some good stuff in that. Um, and by the way, you're the 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 Bella stuff you've been playing with, I'm really happy with too. Um, mm. But there's there's so many, you know. I kind of wish that you know some people would take that chance, you know. That and by people, I mean the powers that be on the, the shows that that are being watched and produced now, where they would take that chance and you know say, okay. Can you two, you know, are you two willing to take this, to to walk this walk with us, you know, to to the actors and just go for broke, you know, let it all hang out and have fun and and be that trendsetter, be that that happy little accident for for the fans that that hopefully will turn into something wonderful. Yeah. So. Who knows? Two and a half minutes by my clock. I'll be posting my... uh, Yeah, I'm here. I'll be posting my um, first part of A Delicate Balance tonight before I go to bed. I'm at 4,387 words. I've got one more scene to kind of tweak and finish, and I'll be posting that. Um, And um, I think Rough Trade is going very well, and... uh, I'm really excited to see everybody moving and, mm-hmm. and growing as writers in this. And um, for those of you who aren't pay- on Facebook and haven't been paying attention, Lady Holder recently announced her pre-order option for um, claiming a mate. Yeah, claiming a right? mate. Mm-hmm. You can pre-order it on Amazon. Uh, it's uh, where's the stuff I got. Um, Bookstrand, Kobo, and Cobblestone, the publisher. Our romance. 
and so go ahead and uh, check that out. I've I've read it mm-hmm. because I get to read stuff in advance. Mm-hmm. She does. Um, <laughs> and, and it was it was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, you guys have a great weekend. We're down to 120 seconds, um, and uh, I can't believe we talked about basically nothing the whole show. I mean, just. Just rambled, hey, just rambled. Right. This was indeed my Seinfeld episode, and I'm not sure if I'm proud of that or not. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay, so. All right, let's do you this. You guys have a great weekend. Remember, there's always time mm-hmm. for lubrication. No ass to mouth. Yes. I mean that. No ass to mouth. Mm-hmm. And no ass to vagina if that comes up in your situations. Pick an ass and stick to it. Don't go. Don't go. You know, dipping your wick in every ass you find. You know, if you if you're gonna do the vagina and the ass, do the vagina first. <laughs> I can't believe with that. And remember, there's always time for lubrication. You guys have a great always weekend. Time. Shut, Shut up, up and sit down. down. During Mega Memorial Month, now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win 5000 bucks with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit BillPennyMitsubishi.com. To qualify buyers on a free credit, warranty valid through 10th year of ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details.